Everybody said, amen. All right. So let's talk about sheep for a few minutes here. The first thing I want to say is this. Number one is that you need to learn to know the voice of Jesus. As a sheep, as Jesus sheep, you need to learn to know the voice of Jesus. And this is so important to being a good Christian. And, you know, for a long time, I felt like, well, I don't really know if God's talking to me or not. Sometimes I suspected that, you know, God was trying to say something to my heart. But I always felt like, how can I be sure? But now I've reached a point where I know when God's speaking to me beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know it because I know his voice. And let me show you something here in John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have a great time discussing sheep and shepherds today. I mean, the best, the, best, the best discussion you have ever had about farm animals is going to occur this morning. John chapter 10, and we're going to look at verse 27. John 10, verse 27. And Jesus right here is, I mean, I, I love this. Look at this. John chapter 10, verse 27. He says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so let me ask you today, are you one of Jesus' sheep? Yeah, you're, if you're a born-again Christian, you are a sheep to Jesus, okay? And he says, my sheep, they, what do they do? They listen to his voice. That's one of the main things as a sheep that you I mean, you don't have, you know, a sheep doesn't have that many great responsibilities or, or, or things on their plate. You don't expect a lot from a sheep like maybe you would a horse or an ox or, or a cow or something. They've got a lot of sheep. They just got to keep growing this wool out and, and listening to the shepherd and following him every day. And Jesus said, my sheep, they listen to my voice. And so just to kind of get us all in the mood here, I, I thought I would just Google a picture of an adorable little sheep. So just to get you in the mind, can we put the adorable little, a little lamb up? Look at that. Isn't that cute? Just kind of hits you right in your heart part, you know, makes you feel good. All right. So the, just, just picture that this is you somehow. You're there. You're just got to, all you've got to do is keep a smile on your face, listen to Jesus, follow his voice. And, and, and he will not lead you in a wrong direction. Now, you will get in trouble. Sheep are extremely vulnerable if they get away from the herd, if they get away from the, the flock, you know, from the flock. And if they go out and try to forge their own path, if they get away from the shepherd, they're a very easy animal for a, a, a predator to come in and get a hold of. They don't have that great of a defense. But if you're just doing what Jesus says, listen to his voice, you're a cute, adorable little lamb sitting under a tree smiling. And, and you're safe and you're protected because you're doing what the shepherd is telling you to do. And so I do know that a lot of us, we're following Jesus, but we just feel like, well, I don't know if I, if I know his voice. Honestly, if I'm going to be honest, Pastor Dave, I, I don't know if I truly know when he's talking to me. And I used to feel this way, but I'm telling you, I'm very confident now that I, I can hear the voice of God. And so I want to give you three main ways that, that Jesus is going to speak to you. Now, these aren't the only ways, okay? Because it is possible for, you know, the audible voice of God to absolutely speak out of heaven to you. And I mean, it hasn't ever happened to me, but that is a possible thing to happen. If God's really going to grab your attention, that could happen. But listen to me, there's three main ways that, that he speaks to us on, on a very regular basis. And the first thing is this, number one, through his word. Has anybody in here you've been reading the Bible and you came across the verse and you're like, oh my goodness, this is God speaking directly to your life 
right now in our day and age. This verse could have been written a couple thousand years ago, but you're dealing with something and you open it up and it basically is saying, here's what you need to do. And you're like, man, listen, that's not just an accident or a coincidence that, that you stumbled across that. That's the good shepherd. That's Jesus speaking to you through his word. And John chapter 1 verse 1 tells us that Jesus is the word. And so I'm going to tell you this right now, that Jesus will speak to you through the Bible. But check it out. If you never read the Bible, how's he going to speak to you through the Bible? You got to get into this thing. You got to take this very, very seriously. And so number one, Jesus will speak to you through his word. And the second thing, these are up there, is he will speak to you uh, through the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Now, this is a, a major way that God talks to us. Have you ever been dealing with a situation? Have you ever, um, you know, been facing something and just right here on the inside, you know, man, you know, you know better than this. You shouldn't be doing this right now. Get out of this. Get, get out. Or maybe, maybe you're, you're getting ready to make a decision and, and something on the inside says, no, don't do that. Go this way. Or maybe, you know, so many times I, I've been, you know, I pray to be used by God. I feel God speaking to me. Go talk to this person. And sometimes I've ignored it. And so a lot of times I've obeyed. In Jesus' name, I'm obeying more and more. But sometimes I've ignored it. But when you just know on the inside of you, you know, the world would label this as your conscience. Let your conscience be your guide. As a Christian, man, you've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he will speak to your heart. And you don't hear, you know, you don't hear something with your ears. No, it's it's not a physical ear thing. No, you're hearing it in your spirit, in your heart. And the Holy Spirit's trying to get your attention. Listen, if you, if you're getting ready to make a decision in life and you just feel so uneasy on the inside about it, do not do that. Don't make that decision. That's the Holy Spirit trying to say, no, don't do it. And I'm just telling you from experience, man, I have pushed through that so many times that I know I, I feel like I shouldn't. I sh- this is the wrong decision, but I don't know. I've already said this. I've already told people this. I, I've already put money down. I've already this. I've already that. I don't want to look silly. I don't want to look stupid. I'm just going to push through this anyway. And then, I mean, here comes a Mack truck, you know, and just plows me up. Because, listen, I disobeyed the Holy Spirit and the shepherd, the good shepherd sees things that the sheep don't see. The shepherd is a lot smarter than the sheep. He knows things you don't know. And you may be saying, well, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense to me. I, I, I don't feel comfortable about it, but it just makes sense to me that, that, that I should. And listen, no. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. It may not make sense now, but I guarantee you it will make sense later. There's a lot of things that, you know, I, I felt God telling me and maybe I've obeyed or disobeyed but didn't know why. And then later on, you know, maybe a week later, maybe a month later, maybe a year later, I'm like, oh, that's why you said don't do that. That's why you said don't take this job, take this job. That's why you said get out of this. And I didn't listen. Now I know why. I wish I would have listened, or maybe I've been on the other end and said, I'm so glad that I listened, even though I didn't know why you were telling me. I am so glad that I listened to what you were saying. But all I'm trying to tell you is this, is that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. If you'll listen, and if you won't ignore him, do not ignore the inside, okay? And the third thing is this, is through preaching, man. Through preaching. 
Now, again, these aren't the only ways that God will speak to you, but these are three main ways. And I cannot tell you if I man, if I had a nickel for every time I've been at church and the pastor says said something that just absolutely was what I needed. I mean, the sermon that day could have been on healing and I needed I mean, I was in financial stress, but just one little line out of that whole sermon, just boom. It was the Holy Spirit. It was God. It was the Good Shepherd speaking to me. And that sermon had nothing to do with what I was dealing with. But God knew, listen, you know, the 99 people in here are dealing with a health thing. But there's this one guy over here dealing with this. And I'm going to get, I'm going to still speak to him. I'm not going to leave him out. And I'm telling you, if you're at church, man, if you are here, God's going to speak to you. If you've got ears to hear, let you hear. All right? So no matter what, you come into church don't 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 come to church just with this attitude of, well, I'm here. You know, it's 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 Sunday morning. It's it's my hour for God. You know, here I am. It's, it's what we do. This is America. This is what so I was raised. No, come to church expecting God to speak something to you every single time. And if you are here with open ears and a sensitive heart, God will get something to you, man. He will not disappoint you. He will get something to you. But you've got to be here, and you've got to be listening to what he has to say. So those are three main ways. If you feel like, well, I just I don't know if I hear the voice of God. Listen, you, you can hear the voice of God. And these are three just very simple main ways that God will speak to you. But look at verse 27 here. One thing Jesus said is, they listened to my voice, but then he said, I know them. I know them, and they follow me. You know, a, a shepherd, if we're talking about an actual shepherd, uh, I've, I've, I've studied shepherds a little bit, just, you know, for kicks. You know, just, hey, with the internet now, I mean, you can study stuff all the time. And so, you know, one thing about a true shepherd is this. A shepherd has a wonderful memory, and especially over here in Israel, man, they, know, they, they name their sheep. A shepherd may have a thousand sheep, and he names every single one of them, and he literally knows them by name. And I mean, you're thinking, that's impossible. Well, listen, this is, this is no joke, man. The shepherd thing is a serious thing, and it's a great example of what Jesus thinks about us. But listen, he gives every single one of his sheep a name, and he may have a flock of a thousand sheep out there. And if the shepherd comes out, you know, and, and says... Bubba, you know, whatever his name is, Bubba, uh, you know, Bubba may be in the middle, uh, you know, 300 sheep down. Bubba will literally come out to the shepherd because the shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep listen for the shepherd's voice. It's incredible. And, you know, uh, and uh, I read this article about this one guy was talking to a shepherd over there and he and this guy had a theory. Well, it's not the voice that these sheep know. It's 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 who they see and I think it's really the clothing of the shepherd that these sheep identify with. And so this they did a, a did a little test. This one guy he he exchanged clothing with the shepherd. And so he goes out to the flock dressed in the the normal clothes that the shepherd wore all the time. He goes out there and tries to imitate his voice and everything and, and starts calling the sheep by name. I mean, they don't do anything at all. You know, they're just sitting there eating grass and kicking dirt and you know sheep have that dumbfounded look on their face all the time. So they're doing you know what sheep do, okay? So like some of you are doing right now. No, I'm kidding. So anyway Anyway, so here they are, and, 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 and this guy, he's called, and not a single sheep will come, and, the, and he's dumbfounded. And so then the true shepherd comes out in disguise and starts calling their name. Bubba, you know, whatever, you know, just call, calling their names, and the sheep one by one start coming because the sheep have learned to listen 
to the voice of the shepherd. And I'm thinking, man, wouldn't it be nice if us as Christians would get to this point where, you know, there could be imposters come by. There could be, you know, distractions and the wrong people come into our lives. But we're like, no, that, no, that's not the voice of God. I, I'm not hearing the voice of the shepherd right now. And if we would just be so comfortable and get so identifiable with the voice of the shepherd, if we could be like these true sheep. And that's, that's what Jesus is saying. He says, I know them. They listen to my voice. They follow me. These are my sheep. And so if you're one of Jesus' sheep, as I said earlier, you know, there, there's certain things, of course, you know, that, that we do as Christians. But if you just really break it down, there's, there, it's not that complicated. Sheep don't really have that many crazy tasks to do. Basically, you've got to eat. That would be, for us, we would say the Word of God. You've got to feed on the Word of God, all right? And the next thing is you've got to follow the shepherd. And so I'm saying, read your Bible, and then do what it says, and follow Jesus through your life. And there's a lot of things that your Bible is going to tell you to do. It is going to tell you to go to church. It is going to tell you to serve in the house of God. It is going to tell you to love your neighbor as yourself, you know, uh, to do unto others before they do unto you. I mean, anyway, that was a joke. So, uh, but to do unto others... As you would want them to do unto you, there are things that the Bible is going to tell you that to do. But you're not going to know these things if you're not ever feeding on the word of God. And you've got to learn to just follow the shepherd. So eat and follow the shepherd. It's not that complicated, but we make it complicated. And so when you break it down like that, it's not that big of a deal. Follow the shepherd. And, you know, I was thinking of, um, of another study that I read. A lot of people kind of assume that sheep are, that they've traditionally been known as a stupid animal. All right, I'm just going to be honest. People think that sheep aren't that intelligent. And, you know, if, I, if I'm going to be identified with a farm animal, I want it to be an intelligent one at least, okay? And so uh, they, they did another study where, where they proved that sheep are actually quite intelligent. Okay, this is it's just interesting. But, but they built a, a big maze that they could reassemble and put in different orders. And every single time, as long as the shepherd was out there, the sheep, they could find their way out of this maze every single time. And they tried it with other animals like monkeys and stuff. And, you know, everybody loves monkeys. But listen, no, monkeys, uh, they, they, it took them like twice as long to make their way out of the maze. And so sheep, they aren't dumb. They just got to follow the voice of the shepherd. And so I'm telling us today... Just listen to the voice of Jesus. Just follow the good shepherd. He's got great plans for your life. And, uh, and I'm telling you, if we're following him, he's going to protect us. You know, we're so vulnerable when we don't listen to Jesus. We're so, we're so wide open for an enemy, for a predator, for an attack to come in. And I've seen this so many times, man. Somebody just kind of starts letting go a little bit. Start, well, things are going pretty good in life. I'm comfortable. Start letting go of church. Kind of start reading the Bible a little bit. Kind of, kind of just start doing their own thing. And then, I mean, I've seen this so many times, especially with relationships. You see, you know, some, some guy comes in and, and, and moves in on this girl. And, and she's not listening to the voice of Jesus at all. He's a predator, man. And he comes in and just completely rocks her world up. And, and I'm telling you. Listen to the voice of the good shepherd. He will protect you. That's part of what a shepherd's job is, is they protect the sheep. They make sure that danger and bad people get away from them. And if you're listening to the voice of the shepherd, you're going to make a lot of right choices. And so the second thing we'll say is this, that's so obvious, is that Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is not a shepherd. Jesus called himself the good shepherd. 
And I want to show you this. We're already in John 10, but let's look at verses 11 through 13. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. Now, seven times in the book of John, Jesus used this phrase, I am. And, and, and it's, if you study it out, it's really cool, but, but he would say different times like, I am the light of the world. I am uh, the gate. I am. And, and, he, and this is the fourth time that Jesus used this phrase, I am. And of course, we know in the Old Testament, God told Moses, I am. That, that's who I am. I am. I am. And so Jesus comes here in the New Testament and he starts using this phrase all the time. Oh, I am. I, what, what is it you need? Oh, I am that. And look at this. John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And so Jesus says, listen, I'm not, I'm not just some guy that's, you know, taking care of you for the money or because someone's paying me. No, nobody hired Jesus. Okay, God did not pay Jesus to go die on the cross. Jesus, tell you what, let's work this out. I'll give you 25000 if you'll go down there. And if you also heal some people, I'll throw in a $5,000 bonus. No, nobody hired Jesus. You cannot buy Jesus. You can't pay Jesus. You can't, no. If somebody can be bought with money, they're not really in it for the right reasons. If somebody can just be hired, then they can be fired, then they can quit. Jesus cannot quit on you. Jesus will not quit on you. He's the good shepherd. And he said, listen, I'll die for you guys. I love you so much. I would literally, I would lay my life down for you because nobody hired me to do this. I'm doing this because I want to. And we all know the truth of the matter is this, is that our good shepherd did eventually lay his life down. Because we've got ourselves into so many messes that we can't get out of. That Jesus came and said, fine, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. I'll pay their price. They deserve this punishment, but I'll take it. Kill me instead. I mean, what? talk about love right there. When, some, when you... you you deserved punishment. You deserved judgment. And Jesus said, no, it's okay. I'll take their place. And, you know, I, I've talked to the youth group about this example before. But imagine that you've just committed some terrible crime. I mean, you know, whatever. You killed somebody or something. And it's the day of your trial in the courtroom. The judge is getting ready to sentence you to whatever it is. And you deserve it. You committed the crime. You were not framed. You deserve whatever it is that that man's getting ready to say that's going to have to happen to you. And then somebody walks in from the back of the courtroom. Somebody that's perfectly innocent. The most, I mean, doesn't have even a speeding ticket. Nothing. They've not done anything wrong. The most perfect person. And he says, whoa, judge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what? He's guilty. Yeah, he deserves it. She deserves this. Absolutely. But I'm asking, can you punish me instead and just let them go free? In fact, I, I've got great, I, I, I want them to go live a great life. I, I've got a mansion for them over here. I want to actually bless them. I've got, I, I want to give them gifts and great things. But can you punish me instead? I mean, everybody would be sitting there just jaws dropped to the floor. What? Why would the perfect guy get punished when this rat over here, you know, committed this crime? He deserves to throw the book at him, man. He's a, he's a rat. But the perfect guy steps in and says, no, 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 punish me instead. Take me instead in his place. It doesn't, I mean, 
it's hard to wrap your mind around that, honestly. And that's why it's so hard to wrap our mind around the love that Jesus has for us. Because as humans, we just can't comprehend that level of love. But Jesus said, I'm, I would die for you guys. The good shepherd, he'll lay his life down. If someone's just a hired, if someone's just a, a, an employee, if they're just working for somebody, man, they see a wolf coming, they're going to run off. They don't care about you. And Jesus said, the good shepherd would lay his life down for the sheep. And so that's here on your outline. A good shepherd will die for his sheep. And, you know, as we're thinking about shepherds, one other famous shepherd out of the Bible, okay, is this guy named David. Before David was King David, he was, you know, a little scrawny shepherd boy David out in the fields playing with sheep, singing, singing songs to sheep and playing the harp. I mean, does that sound like a gallant warrior to you? You know, I mean, he's, he, he's out there writing songs. What? No. He, but David, before he ever was trusted to be king and kill a giant, he proved himself out there by protecting sheep. And I'm just going to read this verse, um, but it's in, it's in 1 Samuel 17, uh, verses, verses 34 and 35. But David talked about uh, whenever he's trying, he's trying to convince Saul to let him go fight Goliath. And David said this, listen, when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. And you may think, oh, that's, that's sweet. That's a cute verse. This man just said that he chases bears with a stick. To rescue a stupid sheep. I mean, for real. Did you catch that? And, and David literally loved his family's sheep so much that when a lion came, he chased it and beat it with a stick and won. Can you imagine the fury and rage that it would take to chase? And, you know, this is probably more like a mountain lion than a, a lion from the African safari. But he's chasing this thing down with a stinking club to rescue a sheep. He's, I mean, he's risking his life. And then David said, whenever a bear comes, and there's, I, I, he, he's had a situation where the sheep is literally in the bear's mouth. And here comes this maniac with a club, Woo! chasing it down, beating the thing to, to a, with a club. Good Lord, you're nuts, man. If I, I mean, I, you guys know me and my dog kind of have a, a strange relationship, but... If a, if a bear came and had my dog, and it's not like I say, man, that is awful, but i, I got to go. I, I can't look at this. You know, good luck. I pray for a miracle, but I'm, I'm not going after that bear. And, and the bear that David probably fought was the Assyrian brown bear. And this is pretty much the equivalent of our North American grizzly bear. This is a huge, very ferocious bear. And David beat it with a club to rescue a sheep. Why? Because David wasn't just hired to watch sheep. These were his family's sheep. He loved them. David was an example of Jesus. He was a good shepherd. He risked his life and put himself, I mean, on death's door by going after massive wild animals with nothing but a stick and and rescuing the sheep. That's a lot of bravery, and that's why... When they needed somebody to go beat a giant, they're like, well, this kid, I mean, he's just a kid, but I tell you, he, he's got some guts, and he's not afraid of danger. Send him out there. And so God chose David because David proved that he could be brave, that he could handle laying his life on the line when it counted most. And that's what Jesus does for us. And another thing about a shepherd, check this out, is that a good shepherd, he also loves his sheep enough to correct them if they're heading to possible danger. 
Should I, I'm going to say that one more time. Yeah, all right. A good shepherd also loves his sheep enough to correct them if they're heading to possible danger. And part of being a good caretaker on any level is keeping people safe. If somebody is entrusted to your care, no matter who it is, your main job is to keep that individual alive, right? You know, I'm, I'm, the, Katie, is, we tallied it up. She's worked like 100 hours in the last five days for Harvest Fest. And so that means I've had, you know, all four of the kids a lot this week. I love the kids, all right? Don't get me wrong. But my main focus through this week, to be completely honest, was survival. Survive this and get through it. I was not making sure they ate the Brussels sprouts, you know, making sure that they washed behind their ears and took their vitamins. And, you know, we prayed and everything. We prayed a lot. But, you know, my, my focus was not thrive. It was survive. Let's get through this till mommy gets home because, you know, it's getting weird. And there's lots of chicken nuggets, a lot of French fries. Uh, just, I mean, strange things happen. And, uh, but we survived. So I technically I did my job as a caretaker for the children over the last week or so. But, but what I'm saying is they're still alive. They, they survived. I, I performed my basic function of what I was supposed to do. But Jesus, he has better than this for us. He wants us to thrive. And, and a good shepherd, he loves you enough to correct you. You know, and, and as a parent, we don't correct our kids because we want to be mean. I know they think that. When I was a kid, I thought that, like, man, they just want to be, they're picking on me, man. Just pick on Dave today. What the heck? You know? And, and, you know, our kids say that type of thing. But listen, I'm not disciplining you because I don't like you. I don't want you to grow up and be an idiot. You know? I mean, seriously, that's another one of my goals, to raise four kids that are not idiots. You know, I don't care if they're doctors or lawyers or if rocket scientists. Just don't be an idiot and, and go do something with yourself, okay? And, and that's where we're getting at. But, listen to me, part of correction, part of, part of love is correction. And I want to show you a verse here, Proverbs 3, verse 11. We'll come back to the New Testament in a minute, but Proverbs 3, verse 11. Part of love is discipline. Part of love is correction. So Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12 And uh, King Solomon, David's son, wrote this. He says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. Well, that's kind of hard. I mean, nobody enjoys correction. Nobody, you know, is like, oh, thank you. I got discipline. No. But look at verse 12. It says, for the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. The Lord corrects those he loves. The good shepherd if, if Jesus didn't care about you, if God didn't care about you, I mean, there'd be no consequences to any actions. You just go on out and do what I mean. Just, yeah, live it up. Do whatever feels good to you. Do your thing. And, um, you know, if, you, if it kills you, I'm well, sorry. But, you know, no, God corrects those he loves. And, and I mean, there's so many times that God has corrected me. How? Through his word. We just talked about this earlier. The main ways God talks to us. He's corrected me through the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart. He's corrected me through preaching and many other ways. Now, I'll tell you, he won't correct you by making you sick or something like that. We know that, uh, you know, John 10, 10, we were just in John 10. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come to give life. 
All right, so, you know, if you're sick or got something like that going on, you don't need to sit there and wonder, well, I wonder if this is the Lord's correction. No, I mean, maybe that happened to you because you didn't listen to God, but God didn't put it on you. He doesn't, he doesn't, there's no instances of, you know, of Jesus having sickness in heaven that he hands out to people. He, he prayed, my will, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so there's no time in the New Testament where Jesus just, you know, make this guy this. No. So he doesn't use that to correct us, but he will try every way possible to get your attention to say no you got to stop that you're going to get yourself hurt if you keep playing with that fire and you know i think about you know our kids again you know say your kid keeps running out into the street and every single time man hey we're old school i will spank your little butt okay because i would rather hurt your feelings now i'd rather you get mad at daddy now than end up flat as a pancake out on the road because i didn't care enough you know, and, and, you know, some, some, well, I don't want to say anything to him. I don't want to hurt the little guy's feeling. It's going to hurt a lot worse to get plowed by a truck, you know, than it is for daddy to smack your little behind now or daddy to say, no, 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 that's love. How, you know, if I saw some parent that just let their kid run out in the street or whatever, or play with matches all the time and, well, I just love him so much. I don't want to, don't want to hurt his feelings. I'd say, you don't love that kid. You're a fool, man. The kid's going to kill himself because of your love. No. If you really love your kids, if you really love somebody, you'll, you'll correct them, man. You'll discipline them. You'll say, hey, man, you're going you're to get yourself hurt doing that. Stop that. You know better than that. And that's what God does to us. He corrects us. The good shepherd will correct the sheep. And it's all out of love. And Jesus, I'm so glad that Jesus loves us enough to correct us. Are you glad that he loves you enough to correct you? I'm glad. All right. And so the third thing today is this. Number three, don't seek out other voices. You're supposed to listen to the voice of the good shepherd. Don't be seeking other voices. And you're like, well, how do I do that? Well, I'll tell you what. One major thing is this, is I don't understand it, but I've stopped doing it in my life. I see way too many Christians going for advice to people that are not even a born-again Christian. I w- I'm, I'm so serious. I wouldn't go to a counselor for finances, for marriage, for anything, if they aren't a born-again Christian. Psalms 1, verse 1, or the, the first chapter of Psalms, it says, uh, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, you go to some financial advisor that's not a Christian, and they, you give 10% of your money to that, man, that's the first thing. Get rid of that. Quit giving to the missionaries over there in India. I mean, you know, I'm, I feel bad for those kids, but you've got to cut this out right now. And God's saying, that's the only lifeline. That's, that's your lifeline for me to pull you out of this mess. So you're going to get contradictory uh, uh, advice all the time. You're listening to other voices. If you're going to Christians for help, you're going to Christians that are truly giving you advice from the Word of God, that, that's great, man. Do that. You're getting voice. You're, you're, getting, uh, you're getting advice. You're getting instruction, hopefully, from the Word of God from these people. That's good. But stop listening. Quit seeking other voices. And, and you know, uh, the children of Israel, okay, most of you guys seem like you've got some Bible knowledge here. You know, the, the children of Israel... You know, they, they had a couple of major problems. One of them was complaining, okay? And the second thing is this, is that they got distracted all the time, and they quit, they'd quit following God. 
It was, it was sad. It was sick. And it was hard to look at. But if you study the Old Testament, you'll see, man, they, they, they get blessed. They make it into the promised land eventually. And after a while, they just start following other gods. They start, start worshiping other gods. They start letting pagans in and all this stuff. And the thing that made God, I mean, that he finally reached a point. He said, you know what? No, it's not going to happen. And that someone came in, the Babylonian, and, and took over Israel. And the sad part is this, is because they kept listening to other, other gods. Like, well, you know, we'll worship our God, but I like this one over here too. This guy's pretty cool. And let's just add this one to our list. And they were just in a mess because they were following so many gods and beliefs and religions. And it was hard, man. And, and, and it cost them everything. Don't seek out other voices. You've got, there, there's one God. We all know this, right? You know, I don't believe that, you know, well, all religions are fundamentally the same. All roads lead to Rome. They do not. Most of the roads lead to hell. There's one way. There's one God. And, 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 and Jesus Christ is the only way, man. You guys know this. And he's the only one that we should be listening to. And so because the children of Israel just, I mean, they were all over the place. Well, we'll listen to Yahweh today. We'll listen to, no. And it cost them everything and they lost everything. But I want to show you something here in the book of Joshua. So I want you to flip back here to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24, and we know that Joshua was also a great uh, example of, of, of what Jesus came to do. He led his people into the promised land after Moses died, and he laid his life down. But Joshua 24, verse 15, and so Joshua's reached an old age now. He's got them into the promised land. He's getting ready to die, and he's starting to see some of his people like, well, you know, the Amorites, they, they've got a God over here that they seem to enjoy. And, well, you know, Baal, we made him. He's a cow. We like to pray to him. And he's seeing these people just, I mean, starting to stray away from God. And so Joshua, towards the end of his life, he says, all right, listen. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. He's like, if you're not going to serve God, make a choice. Life is about choices. You've got to get this. And I'm talking to the youth group about this right now. Choices, choices, choices. God gives you choices. He will not make you go to church. He will not make you quit stealing. He will not, you know, make you quit cursing and being a little potty mouth. You, it's your choice, man. You can do whatever you want to do. But Joshua was telling his people, listen, some of you guys, you're getting, you're straying. So listen, if you're not going to serve God, choose who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live now? But as for me and my family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He's like, I don't care what you guys do. You, you go bow on whatever. But I can tell you this. The family of Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord no matter what anybody else is doing. And so you need to make that stand today and say, I don't care what the neighbors do if they decide to pray to whoever. I don't care if these people say there is no God or my best friend or my brother or my sister. They say this, as for, I can't control them. I can control me and my children, okay? And you I mean, you can't even really control your spouse, but you can control you and your children. And if you're the head of the house, especially, make this choice. You can control this house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what anybody else is doing, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's what Joshua said. And so then the people, they're like, oh, Joshua, calm down. We're going to serve God. Don't, don't be afraid. We're going to serve him. But look at verse 21 here. So they're all like, calm down, Joshua. We're going to serve the Lord. 
And Joshua said, I don't know. I, I don't believe you. I don't, I'm not so sure you will. But the people answered Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then he said, you're a witness to your own decision. Joshua said, you have chosen to serve the Lord. And a lot of these people did. And a lot of them went back on their word and they did not serve the Lord. And obviously bad things happened to them. But Joshua, I love what he said there. He's like, okay, fine. I'm not so convinced, but you're a witness to your own decision. You said you're going to choose to serve the Lord. And we've got to get this. We have got to stick with this commitment. If you've made a commitment to Jesus, stick with it. Why? Well, he made a commitment to you and he stuck with it. He has never left you. Whether you realize it or not, he has never left you. There's been times that we've left him and we've walked away, but he didn't go anywhere. He's right where he's always been. And a lot of people, they walk away from God that say, I mean, God's standing right here. They keep walking that way, keep going, keep going. Something bad happens. They're like, hey, where's God? He left me. No, he didn't. He's right where he's always been. You left him. And now you're blaming him. Don't do that. And, and the great thing is, once again, he's not moving anywhere. You come right back over here and he'll say, it's all right, man. I still love you. I'm not mad at you. Get over here. Get, get up here. And he'll put you back on his lap and dust you off. And, and, and he's, he's happy you're back. He's not mad about you at all. But listen, don't wander off. Don't follow other voices like, like the children of Israel did. And you've got to realize this is that God is a jealous God. And, and, you know, that always, that always sounds kind of contradictory, like, well, I thought jealousy was bad. I thought it was bad to be jealous. Well, you've, you've got to understand what he's talking about here. And Joshua told the children of Israel this. He said, God's a jealous God. You don't, don't be playing around with him. Don't commit spiritual adultery on God. Listen, he's a jealous God. What, what does that mean? Well, God isn't jealous of things we own. He's not saying, well, I want Dylan's car. No, no, he's not jealous of things we own. He's jealous for our hearts. He laid, down, he laid down his life for us, yet some people still keep wandering off. He just wants your heart. He's saying, man, I love her so much. I wish she'd come back to me. I, I, wish, she would just, I wish she would stay committed to me. Oh, and, and, and he's jealous for our hearts. He wants to be a great part of our lives. And, you know, God's our dad. What dad doesn't want his kids to want him? What dad? I mean, I realize there's some not so good dads out there. But what good dad doesn't want to be a part of his kid's life? I tell you that. I, I can't imagine, you know, not wanting my kids in my life. I, I, I want them to, to, want to, to be with me. I, I want my kids to love me. I want them to desire a relationship with me. And, and God is the ultimate loving father. God is the ultimate dad. What, what dad? I mean, it just breaks a dad's heart when his kids say, oh, old man, get out of here. I don't want to listen to you. Get, get away. That would crush a dad. And that's what a lot of God's children do to him. Well, I know, I know. I've heard it all before. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. And, and, and he's saying, man, oh, I want them back. This breaks my heart. And, and, and you're thinking, well, I can make God sad. Absolutely, man. You, you're breaking his heart with some of the stuff we do. And he's saying, no, this is my son. Man, why is my son doing that? Why does my, why does my daughter keep doing this? I told her I love her. I'm not good enough for her. She has to chase these people out. She had to follow this crowd. No, God's saying, I love you. I want you. Stay with me. I'll protect you. I'll, I'll provide for you. A good dad protects. A good dad provides for. A good dad teaches. And this is all the things that God does for us. He'll supply your needs. 
He'll take care of you. He'll make sure you got enough money. He'll make sure you're protected. He'll make sure that you're learning what you need to learn. Listen, he's the good shepherd. He's a good dad. He is our loving heavenly father. And he'll take care of these things. I want to show you one last thing today in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. And Jesus uses yet again one more example of what a good shepherd does. But Luke chapter 15. Are we? Are, is this making any sense today? Are you? All right, we get in this that we're talking about Rocktober here, the rock of ages, the great I am. Jesus is telling you, I am the good shepherd. Look no further for what you're searching in life. I'm right here. I've got everything you need. You just come to me and I will take care of you. I will absolutely, I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. I'll bring peace to you. I'll bring joy to you. I will love you forever and ever. Quit looking out there for all these things. Everything you need is right here with me. And isn't it great, you know, when, 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 you're, when you're searching for maybe a product for something, I don't know, a cleaning product, I'm just throwing this out there, and, and it's like, well, I need something that removes grease, but I also need something that removes this and this and this. And you find the all-in-one answer, and it just takes care of everything. Jesus is the all-in-one answer to everything. If you've been looking for love, look no further. You've been looking for peace. You've been trying to get out of depression. Don't look any further. Jesus is right there. If you never have enough money, if you're always sick, listen. Jesus can take care of all of these things. He is the all-in-one answer. And that's why he said, I am. What What do you need? I am that. You're, 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 this is your day, man. I am that. I am this. And that's what he is. Whatever you need him to be, that's what he am. That's what he is for you. So Luke chapter 15, verses 4 through 7, Jesus tells this story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? I mean, think about that. You're, you're, you've got the 99 over here, and th- this is the only one. I mean, you know, I, I've got 99. Who really cares? But he says, no, no, he'll, he'll leave the 99 just to go chase down this one little sheep. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Can, can you imagine a good shepherd just carrying his, carrying his baby sheep home? He's so happy, and he's got great joy. And, and he's not mad saying, well, why did this dumb sheep run away again? He's like, man, yes, I found him. And and you see where we're getting out here, but look at this. It says, when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. And I can, man, this is such a beautiful example there, you know, somebody that's wandered off and Jesus says, you know, they'll be all right. But I, I got to go find this guy. I got to go find this girl. I've got, I've got to get them. They're in trouble. They're, they're, they're in danger. I've got to go get them. And, he, and he, he picks you up, man. Anyone in here, Jesus ever picked you up? Uh, you straight away. I've done it. I'm not afraid to admit it. I have straight away and got myself into some trouble. And Jesus came and said, oh, come on, man, get back over here. Picked me up, brought me back home, didn't ever say, you idiot, I told you stupid. Oh, you're so dumb. You always do this. I knew it. I knew I couldn't trust you. No, he doesn't say that. It says he picks you up with joy, and he says, he calls everybody on the phone and says, hey, I found him. Get over here. We're going to party. And it's just that way in heaven. Whenever one lost sinner returns home, it says there's more rejoicing in heaven. There's a party. He gets the angels. He gets everybody together and says, she came home finally. Yes, 
she's here. Yes. And everybody rejoices and parties. And, and it says there's more happiness over that than if the 99 others that just stayed over there doing the sheep thing. You know, eating grass, kicking dirt. I don't, what, I don't know what does a sheep do. But anyway, you know, we're so happy that the 99 didn't run away. Thank God they're still there. But Jesus, well, he's so happy to get that one that just wandered away and put itself out there on the line. Why? Because Jesus, he cares about the one. And that, again, that's something hard for us. to Our human minds, we just don't get it. Well, I've got 99 other. Who cares about this one? No. Jesus cares about the one. You're that one. I'm that one. He would leave 99 others to chase me down because he loves me. There's not a lot of people that would do that for me. And you, know, and, and, and you. He, he loves you so much that he would leave the others just to come get you out of your situation. And so the good shepherd will chase you down and do everything he can to save your life. He'll do everything he can. And there's some people that just keep running and keep running and, and won't give in. And, 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 you know, I'm sorry. I've seen a lot of people just end in disaster. But it's not God's fault. It's not that he wanted that. He, was, his whole, he spent their whole lives trying to get their attention. Hey, come on, get back over here. And they just kept running. But thank God for his unending love. And I've got one last story I want to tell you. One, this, no, this is a good one. This is possibly my best sheep story of the whole day. Save the best one for last. Now, D.L. Moody, who some of you know who he is, a great evangelist uh, from back in the day, he, he told this story. Uh, he talked about a, a, a guy named Dr. Andrew Bonar. He told how in the highlands of Scotland, just listen to this, a sheep would often wander off into the rocks and get away from the rest of the flock, maybe a couple of sheep, one or two sheep. They'd get away, and they'd jump down this little cliff about 10 or 12 feet down where they couldn't get back up. But they'd be down there for several days, and the grass was a lot sweeter down there. The grass was greener on the other side of the cliff. And so they jumped down there, and they're eating and eating. And, and the shepherd, he, the first day or two, he wouldn't go chase them. He, you know, he may call their name and you know, try to get their attention. Hey, come on, guys. And the sheep wouldn't come back, and they're just down there you know, in a frenzy, just eating and eating and, and enjoying the party and eating and, and all this stuff. And finally, the shepherd would wait. Until they ate so much of this sweet grass that finally they just like pass out. And then the shepherd would tie a rope around his waist, you know, scale down the cliff and pick him up and get him back up there. And so uh, D.L. Moody, the, the preacher, is like, well, why wouldn't you go get him the first day? Why why'd you let him go through all that? And, and, and why didn't you chase him down that very first day? And, and this, this doctor said, well... If we go down there the first day and call their voice, if I go down there, they're going to run away from me because they're so preoccupied, so happy with their little sin or you know, whatever you want to call it. They'll run right off the cliff just trying to get away from me and kill themselves. And so they would run away from the very one that was trying to save their life. Because they're enjoying their little, you know, they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, but they are just enjoying it for the moment so much. That if you go down there and chase them, they're going to run right off the cliff trying to get away from the shepherd. And D.L. Moody said, that's the way it is with people sometimes. He said, if you're a wanderer, I tell you that the good shepherd will bring you back the moment you've given up trying to save yourself. And you're willing to let God save you his own way. And a lot of us, you know, maybe we got ourselves in a little bad situation. Okay, you know, it's happened to all of us. But listen... You're not going to be able to save yourself. It's going to take the good shepherd. It's going to take someone that's willing to die for you. 
somebody that loves you enough to say, okay, quit doing that. Knock that off. That's going to hurt you. You're going to kill yourself. Stop it. And so we've got to get to this place where we say, okay, it's, all right, I, can't save my, I can't get myself out of this. I'm coming back to you. Listen to the voice of Jesus. And maybe today, okay, you know, he's calling to you saying, and, and you're, you're hearing him. He's saying, come on, come back home. Knock that off. Get out of that situation. Come back home. Listen. He's leaving the 99 to go after the one today. He, he's chasing you down and saying, listen, I love you, man. Come on back. Get back here to me. I, I'll, leave, I'll leave everyone else just to get you back. And so whatever it is today that you're facing, listen to the voice of the good shepherd. Quit running away from him. Quit trying to figure out how you're going to fix it. Stop that. You can't. He can. And so I'm going to ask all of us to stand up together today. We're going to go ahead and end our message here. But I'm going to ask all of us to stand up together. And I, I really, really pray that God spoke something to your heart today. Honest, 